it is in everyone's best interest to have you pay as little as they think they can get away with to keep you there as long as possible because the just the long-term value of somebody not canceling a thing. Right. I still remember our our dad revealed to us like just a few years ago that he had forgotten that he had been subscribed to a, like America Online. Yeah. AOL. AOL. For like 20 years. <laughs> Scotch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 329 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm slowly cooking. I'm Sam, and I'm a man with an art this th- stuff. With an art plan. With an art plan. And, uh... <laughs> This is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is September 16th, 2021. Dunk on everyone. Before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be profanity in this show. Let's get into it. And by get into it, I mean let's let's thank Tacman Ted for giving us a donation Tech over Man at MoneyGrab. Over at MoneyGrab.bscotch.net, Tacman Ted just went in over there. We grabbed his money, and he left a note, uh, and he says... Thanks for keeping the podcast going. I finally caught up after deploying to the other side of the world. Wow. I'm now, I'm now listening to you guys while underway on board an aircraft carrier. I was going to say, I think the other side of the world thing. is in the ocean, so that tracks. Nice. Yeah. Keep doing what you do, and thanks for giving me a piece of home while I'm so far away. Well, thanks yeah. thanks a lot. And I think this also means that, that since our voices are on an aircraft carrier, then we – are also the captain on an now. Care. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, true. Also, yep. Tell your yeah. captain. Although, yeah, yeah. Although captain. I'm a little concerned because, like, I assume this guy isn't an aircraft. Uh, so what's so he? he doing sh- so he's not really supposed to be being carried by this thing. So I don't know if maybe he snuck in. Maybe he's mm-hmm. a stowaway. I, think if I feel like there's some illegal I think shit if you're going in on. the aircraft. It's like a one of those Russian domestic dolls situations, you know. Then it's fine. So mm. oh, okay, Matryoshka. Yeah, those things. So as long as he's in an aircraft, is the is the person who who commands an aircraft carrier also just because it feels like a captain? You're like, like if you go out on a canoe, you're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a captain because I'm on a minute. I'm a captain. I'm the captain. Oh, but now if you're if you're in charge of an aircraft carrier, right? Your captain is, squared, basically. Yeah, it just seems. Of- yeah, it seems like there must be a more significant term. I think you're. I think you're playing StarCraft at that point, right? Yes, like you have a base and you've got all your little all your different kinds of units that you're sending out. I think I would know? go with fleet commander. Sounds like yeah, the appropriate, you know. But what happens when you've got then, you know, two aircraft carriers or is just everybody well, fleet like, commander now? Oh right. Well, yeah, you've got an admiral who's in charge of the air Craft carriers, yeah. just admiring uh, it though. From my how I understand, yeah, that's why they're an admiral. They don't do yeah. anything. They just yeah, they, admire they just admire things. things. Yeah, yep. they just they just show it. up on on site and they're like, "Wow, this looks great." I'm a I love this. this. <laughs> Every, everybody b- beneath me, we need to make this look way better. Be honest. Yep. Yeah, that's why admirals always come in and they're like, "Hey, clean up this thing. This is mm-hmm. filthy." Yeah. Right. The military has really high standards for cleanliness and stuff because like it's really hard for the admiral to come in and admire everything properly when there's yeah. dust and shit like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, so good job, you know, keeping things in shape for the admiral. Mm-hmm. Tech yeah. man Ted. Good work. Yeah, great work. Uh now we're just gonna get into some questions because that's what we want to do. 
And these questions uh, come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. We've got a a big old bucket of them. And if you want to get your question onto a future episode, you can just get over there. Throw your question into the bucket. Okay. Good. All right. Uh, Highest up for the question comes from Super Chef, who who says, if you were to choose a location and type of battle to defeat the other two brothers, what would each of your picks be? Now, is this to defeat the other two brothers at the same time, like in a 2v1 situation, or is it just like individually? I think it has to be 2v1. All right, I got mine. Go. What you got? I got Lo- mine too. Location. Laboratory. The action. Removing ovaries from fruit flies. Mm. Yeah, you may, you may. Who can you remove may. the most in the shortest amount of time? Uh-huh. I think I got that one on lock. Although it has been a little decade since I have done this. But I still think I'm going to have a pretty good head start. You would think so. Because I don't think you guys even have a sense of like getting started. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell a Uh fly ovary from a fly heart, but I'll I'll get something out of that fly. Mm -hmm. You know, that's true. He didn't say he didn't say you had to just remove the ovary. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I would have a whole That's sheet a, of all the detailed rules. Nobody know? said the dogs when can't actually play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> this is an Airbud situation. Uh, what about you, Sam? What would who would you be? I would have you both at a uh, rave of some sort and have a dance battle. Oh, you've already won because oh, yeah. I would just forfeit immediately. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So There's no chance. Unlock. Also, yep. no chance. <laughs> <laughs> Some would say you've got that one on pop lock. lock. Ah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I would, I would do probably, probably a fifty meter freestyle. Mm, yeah, mm. I probably can't even swim that far anymore because that's as far as I can swim right now. Yep. But also, I've still got the technique, so, <laughs> so I think I could, I think I could win. Yeah, that's, yep. that's but not in like that a tracks. lake or something, because you know, fuck waves. I'm a, I'm all about that swimming pool life. Mm-hmm. Give me calm water. Yeah, yeah. No. Thanks. Now, what if what if it was an actual fight to the death? <laughs> <laughs> mm, okay. What if, what about what if what if we take this in the way that maybe it was intended? That would be a weird thing is for us like, to do. Like if we had to actually like two v one fight each other. Uh, I think we would all kind of suck at this because I've never really been in a fight. No, I'm, I'm in the I'm in the pacifist role, you know. So, if I have to fight somebody to the death for some reason, like if that actually becomes a real thing that has to happen, then it'll just be whatever I have on hand because suddenly I have to fight to the death for some reason, you know, and then I'll mm. just do my best and then uh probably I'll be mortally wounded and the other person may or may not be and then that's the whole thing. So yeah, I, think I don't, I don't recommend usually, fights to the death. I think they should be avoided. No, it's yeah, usually a fight to the thing. like soon death for one person and then a slightly later death for the other person. Yeah. If I think if you find yourself evenly matched. Yeah. But even if like, I think if you find yourself in a situation where fights to the death are a thing that can't exist, then, then you'll just be dead at some point from being fought to death because because the have, best case scenario is you win and then some, somebody else is like, well, now I'm not as cool anymore because you you mm. won your fight to the death, so I have to challenge you to a fight to the. Which is basically this is basically Dune, the Fremen and Dune. You know, like that's how 
people get charged. And no matter how much they like somebody, no matter how much somebody likes somebody, I mean, this is cultural stuff. So I'm not going to disclose any moments, you know, but it's a cultural Fremen stuff. Um, but the book's been out for like what, 30 years or something. It's been out for a while. So, but but the whole thing yeah. is like no matter how much they like somebody who's in charge, the way that you become in charge now is you challenge the person who's in charge to a fight to the death. You know, So it's, it's this kind of like begrudging – it's this thing that everybody just accepts as how it's done. And so they're all kind of like sad about it, but then they do it anyway. It doesn't really make sense though. It doesn't, does it? Because then the only people who are in charge – are good at fighting people one-on-one to the death, but I don't really know how well that translates into governance. I mean, yeah, not does, well. does being voted for <laughs> translate into being good at governance? Because it sure shit doesn't seem to. No, I'm not advocating for that necessarily either. Yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. saying, I'm just saying, uh, this one's got some pretty obvious holes in it. Uh, it but also, okay, have you guys ever been in a fight? Ever been in a fight? Not a meaningful one. No, I don't think so. I did. I, I mean, I had like a boxing match with someone, but that was like on purpose. We were both wearing gloves. Gloves like and mouth fight. guards. And you were yeah. like, let's see what this boxing thing is about. Then you yeah, get there wasn't, head there wasn't a goal. Oh, to never mind. Yeah, literally got punched. I got elbow to the nose. I dodged a punch. And then as he was pulling his arm back, he, he accidentally hit me in the nose. And then we called it because I was like, I can't see anything. And You're like, wait a minute. Fight. This is the worst. Yeah. Yeah, I've never, I've never been in a fight. I also don't, I don't understand what's supposed to happen. Yeah, when you get I don't into I a don't, fight. I don't consider it a valid way to accomplish any goal. Like somebody's mad about something. Somebody else is like, you know, I don't like that you're mad about this either. You know, yeah. we're both mad, and, and like, then, so then, then like, you start well, punching each other. So I guess, and then what's then what's supposed to happen? <laughs> yeah, I guess I win now because I. What's supposed to happen? Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a great path to to, res, to resolving your issues. Well, I mean, I guess uh, it's it's similar to the to the verbal equivalent that you see. That's also very common of just people thinking if they if they yell loud enough and fast enough, then they have won something. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Or if they lie aggressively enough and so much that you can't keep up with all of the lies, that they've accomplished something. You well, know, I think like verbal they, fights have the same goal as physical fights, which is just to hurt the other person. Mainly. Right. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes out of out of anger or rage, where you're not really doing it for a specific you're not like if once I once I hurt this person, then we will I'll be that much closer to achieving some important goal that I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's no it's just for the sake of lashing out, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it always is. So. Yeah. I've never been there either. Yeah, I, re- I recommend not doing that. Yeah, it's, yeah, do, don't. Yeah, one out of five stars, definitely. Oh, yeah, I'd give it. I'd give I'm it zero, a, but the rating system requires. The at thing least is, one, though, like, it's, you know, it's like it's so dumb because do you know how easy it is just to like fuck up your human body forever? Oh yeah, you know, it's so easy to do that. Yeah, you could just like trip on something and then it's over. You could just be instantly because I was thinking like, so like if I got in a fight now. If I got to fight, I mean, if somebody attacked me, because that's that, how that would have to happen. Yeah, you'd just be dead. I would probably be dead because I have like a I'd fuck, be dead I have, too. I've got like a fucked up <laughs> neck joint and stuff, you know? Like if somebody like really went after me and they they wouldn't know the things that they, like what what parts of my body are sensitive. Like if they were trying to kill me, that would be a different thing if they just wanted to fight. Because usually people fight, as I understand it, they just want to hurt each other a bunch. It's temporary, yeah. Yeah, but they don't want to, you know, go to jail for murder. By the way, if somebody ever punches me, I'm going to definitely press charges. Just 
a global broadcast of that whole yeah. information. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to punch an atom, everybody. I'm not going to let that Don't shit do it's, it. It's weird to me that people let that stuff slide, you know, where they're just like, well, yeah, I mean, we, you know, like this guy came up and punched me, right? Uh, and like, and th- th- that's just a thing that happened now. It's fucking weird. That's, yeah, how about how about don't? How about don't do that? I think if you if you feel yourself, if you're like, I mean, I've never been in a fight. I'm interested. I kind of want to do it. Just have someone who's who's close to you, just to test the waters. Just have even just like slap your face really hard, because like, <laughs> you're not gonna like you're not gonna like get terribly destroyed by that. But just to understand just how not fun it actually – it sounds very exciting and like the theme. It's romanticized. Sense. It's romanticized. But yeah, getting hit in the in the face in particular, but also just kind of anywhere, actually really hard, not not a good time. Wouldn't recommend it's it. It's one of the worst times. It's one of the it worst really times is. you can have. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird move. Uh, I, I mean, I've heard from people who – so like I don't, I don't even go to – I don't go to bars of any sorts, right? But I, but I understand like I've heard from people – uh, like tall guys in particular, tall, tall, oh, yeah. masculine presenting people that if they go to just not even like a weird bar, just like a bar. People are trying to fight. There's like a, there's like a one out of two chance on any given night that somebody will come up and try to fight them. Mm-hmm. Right. And the reason is, is because they're tall. Yep. Right. It's like some fucking animal <laughs> kingdom shit. Right. That's mm-hmm. fucking weird. I just like I can't even grok what is happening in that scenario. It's so bizarre. That's pretty dumb. Yeah, that's pretty dumb. Uh, well, you guys want to get on to the next question? Yeah. Let's yeah. Go. As this question comes from Zen the Red, who says, "How do you feel about the new changes to the Game Maker Studio pricing? It feels like more for less, but only if you wanted more. Otherwise, it's just more. I think." <laughs> <laughs> Unless I am missing something, or so, it's just more for the. For the same, then is that what the- it's? It's more for less, right? In the sense that if you were paying in the past and you're paying now, then you've got a better deal. Yeah. If you weren't paying in the past and you continue not paying, then, then you- it's, it's a worse deal. Yeah. But only under certain but circumstances. Only, yeah, only barely. Yeah, because uh, the 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 big change is that you can't compile builds at all, right? Without yeah. So now, so now you can develop your game for free with no restrictions for what you can do in game maker in the was sense that, that like you that can have as many true? previously they had various limitations on like yeah. certain uh, numbers of assets or, or things like that. Um, and now it's now it's that you can build a full game as big as you want uh, in game maker for free, but you cannot uh, compile it into a final executable that you can. Yeah, that doesn't mean you can't play test it. Cause there's a little play button in the thing and it right, runs right. in a virtual machine and you can still like, play it. You yeah. just can't package it up as a thing that somebody can, you know, double click on For and distribution. Play. Yeah. Yeah. You can distribute Which it is- as code if you, you know, wanted to let your code out in the wild and somebody could also push that play button for free, right? But yeah. that's, that's a sucky way to, to redistribute a game. But yeah. yeah. They, they also used to do stuff like, like if you were in the free tier, they would force you to always have the made with Game Maker splash screen, you know, on there. Mm-hmm. Um, which which actually is not a great marketing strategy because now only the games made by people who aren't that serious about making games have your company logo on them. Yeah, I think, uh, they don't think that went through quite oddly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and so, so nowadays, so now, now with this this change, it's, yeah, so it's that the free tier you can make whatever you want, but you can't package it up to deliver it. And then they just have different tiers of sort of like 
how many platforms you can deliver to and additional like enterprise features. Yeah, it's like two or three um, additional tiers, right? There's like the there's like an indie two, two additional. Just yeah, there's two indie so, and enterprise. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So if you're if you're on, if you're like if you're paying before and you're on the indie tier now, I do think that yeah, you're in a better spot. Yeah. Um, um, but also, also, I mean, I always thought it was a bit odd that they didn't have some kind of a subscription thing or whatever because like mm-hmm. this is a live service. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, like they are, they have to constantly be updating this engine or else it wouldn't work. Right. Um, and so the idea that you would just like buy Game Maker Studio for like a hundred bucks and then just for the next 10 years, you're like, yep, yep, I'm done now. I'm making games and they owe me updates for the rest of my life. I don't know. That's, yeah. that's I mean, as much, yeah, as much as I, as a consumer, you know, I prefer to pay for a thing and have it now. And I hate for practical purposes, you know, subscriptions and it like feels, a little lame, especially if like, cause like our business or, orients around this, right? Like, so Seth literally lives in Game Maker every month, every day, right? Sam spends a lot of time in there. Mm-hmm. Sure spends a fuck a lot of time in there, right? Every day, which is very different than if like you're a hobbyist or a solo dev even, uh, where you're like bouncing part, b- bouncing a full-time job plus making games and maybe like a few months go by and you don't even touch it. And it's just like that money just keeps on going you're not, and you're not even using it, right? So there, there are these components of that that do feel less good and that in like the the hobbyist end of things well i think it's actually better though because you can develop it for free as long as you want and then if it comes time where you're like oh i want to actually distribute yeah. this thing yeah i mean then, yeah i agree like practically like it actually just is better um but yeah. i do i do understand the the gut reaction people have to not wanting yet another you know subscription service but but i mean as seth said the reality is that if you the question is, what would you prefer? Would you prefer to have a thing and have it never get better and have all the bugs that it has, right? Yeah. Or would you prefer to have, have a, a thing, thing that every week or month or quarter or whatever just keeps getting better and the stuff that you didn't like, it's fixed and it adds new features and it yeah, stays up I to think date that, with the There's context. a weird thing with this whole, like, I don't want another subscription service thing to me, which is, which is like, you buy new stuff relatively frequently as you need it. Um, the thing you buy in a subscription service is essentially get doing that. That's the intent. It's like Netflix, right? It's like you're you're getting more stuff every single time, but without having to make those individual purchases all the time. So mm-hmm. I think mainly when people say that it's largely oftentimes about uh, categories. So like I think that, that's, that's where like Netflix, Disney Plus, Hulu are going. Because like they all they are kind of the same. They're kind of the same thing at the end of the day as far as yeah. what you're getting. Um, and so when you have to pile up like, three different subscription services to get all of the category of things. I think that's where it feels yeah, yeah. kind of gross. But like, or where it's like you used to be able to see something on Netflix and then NBC is like, we have a new thing called Peacock, which is true, by the way. Yep. That's our subscription service. And now all the things that we used to put on Netflix are on here. And so if you want to watch uh, them now, you have to pay us now. And, like, and Disney did this too, right? And so there it's like, yeah, it feels like – you have something, somebody takes it away, and now you have to, again, just keep on paying out every month to get it, right? And so, so I know for me, having things like – like Disney Plus is a good example because there are a few things I want to watch on there. Also, Apple TV or – Yep. Is that what they call the service? Apple TV Plus. Is Plus the service and TV is the device plus or whatever? Service, yeah. Um, so with Apple TV Plus, uh, there's literally one show that I want to watch, which is Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. right? So it's – it does bug me to be like, well, I'm just subscribed to this thing now, I guess, like just so that when the show comes out next year, I can I can watch it, right? Because otherwise, you just start keeping track of all the different things that you have, mm-hmm. and so so I just from the side of things that you don't use in a repeatable fashion, like that's that's the place where I get like 
or where, or where it feels like things keep on getting bundled off and just keep yeah. on getting added as new ones. Like those both suck. But the yeah, but the one to in agreement with both Sam and Seth that I don't think a person should be complaining about is the one where you actively use a thing at the same frequency with which <laughs> you have to pay a subscription service fee to do mm-hmm. and and that thing is getting maintained and improved. So because there are cases where somebody just like you're just being charged, but for what you know. Yep. yep. But for something that's actually being actively developed and maintained and improved. Um, I just I don't see an argument for saying well, and there's all kinds of you shouldn't stuff have to like, continue um, for it. I, I'm playing Rocket League, and in Rocket League, they do the thing that a lot of games are doing nowadays, which is this idea of like a season pass. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, by the way, is so. just a subscription that doesn't look like a subscription. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's it. like yeah, because it's that you it's a short term season. I think the season is three months long or something like that. You pay ten bucks to get a season pass. Um, and then if you play actively through the season, then you unlock a bunch of extra goodies for your – like just cosmetics and stuff like that. But that is um, like, that is fundamentally different though because of the, the design and the framing, right? Which is that you, you actually are signing up specifically for a collection of things that you're like paying something for that you are intending to participate in that's also short term, like over that you know a few months or whatever, that duration in which you expect to use it, right? Um, so say like, say like Apple TV was like, oh, hey, you can have like the Ted Lasso uh, – pass or whatever, right? Where it's just like, you just watch all the fucking Ted Lasso's. That's, that's its whole thing, right? Um, like, that's what I would choose. Right. So if you, so you, if you just like bought that pass for like 30 bucks yeah. and then- And just now anything Ted Lasso, I just get to watch it or whatever, right? But yeah, that, right. <laughs> there's like, I think there is a difference between- and Yeah, it is, it is different. And I, honestly, I, I think see, the seasonal thing is also kind of interesting because it's intended to create- f- the FOMO, yeah, right, yeah. where it's like, ooh, I better keep playing this season or else I'll miss out on all these time-sensitive rewards, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's why a lot of online games kind of try to engineer it toward that, you know. Um, but then well, I think day, it's, it's actually it it's a, subscription. It's a more fitting – it's a better fitting, uh, I think, model for video games in particular because of the, the content that video games produce. Like, it, like subscription stuff implies essentially a month-to-month cadence of – New things happening, right? Like, yeah, constant yeah. patching errors. But, but in the video game sense, which works if you have either a ton of distribution happening on your platform, like Netflix, uh, where there are there's just stuff coming out, um, or in the case of, uh, and then versus in the case of video games, you get the same business outcome, I think, more or less, which is continuous revenue as opposed to just only spikes of revenue. Well, but but um, there's there's one. Well, not not quite though. Hmm. Because the the reason that so many companies bias towards subscription is because there's no opt there's no opt back in moment. You're just in now. Yeah. People always and, and the they always try to yeah. yeah. And they always they always do stuff like if you go to Amazon, you know, and you look at like oh, what does it take to uh, you know like buy a a movie to own it? And it's like oh yeah, it's like twenty dollars or something. <laughs> okay, well, what does it take for me to subscribe to be able to watch like Amazon Prime? Video, All of the you know? movies, yeah. Like every movie. Oh, yeah, it'd be like 10 bucks a month or something like that. And so mm-hmm. it would be wild for you to spend so much money on one thing when you could spend less money on everything. Oh, this is how Game Pass works. You know, that's how, that's how all this stuff works. Yeah. And so what ends up happening, though, is is the month-to-month price is low enough that even if you stop using that service for six months, a year, or whatever, you don't really think about it, yep. right? And then, and, then you, and then if you hear about a good show on there, then you pick it up again, and it turns out that now you've spent – $120 last month or last year to watch one show, but you just didn't notice, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. The problem with the, the problem with season pass 
Well, it's a problem, I guess. The, the problem from a, the company's perspective <laughs> with mm. the season pass yeah, people is People keep that, opting back into it. Yeah, player, players can look at what's on offer that season, right? And they can be like, oh, there's not really anything new going on this season that excites me, so I'm just not going to buy the, the pass this time mm-hmm. around. And maybe I'll play a little bit, but nah, whatever, right? Yeah, it's in, it so, is in everyone's best interest to have you pay as little as they think they can get away with to keep you there as long as possible because the – just the long-term value of somebody not canceling a thing. Right. I still remember our, our dad revealed to us like just a few years ago that he had forgotten that he had been subscribed to a, like America online. Yeah. AOL. AOL. For like 20 years. <laughs> well, and this was also including that because he, he has an AOL.com address, right? Which yeah. is, is hilarious in terms of like where it puts his, his age bracket. Because like anybody listening is just like, okay, yeah, I know. I know how old he is, right? <laughs> I know when he got uh, internet. Yeah. I know what he got. What he got in nineteen ninety six. He was also paying for it though uh, when it had gone free because the only service he used there was the email service, right? No. Yeah, but but AOL was like, well, I mean, we're not actually offering anything with a subscription, but we're definitely not just going to turn people's subscriptions. Yeah, they just off. kept people subscribed. They just after kept they made charging the services free. Yeah, they just kept charging for for nothing, yeah. uh, for no reason, and they did that for like a decade or two. Yep. And if it's like a little, I don't know, I don't know when exactly they they turned off, but it was a long yeah. time. And if it's a little line item on your thing, and you don't know that, like, because like because you know, he's using he's using email every day, right? So like he didn't know that they had made it free, and so like why would you look into? And they're not going right? to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so and that's that's kind of the thing with like, and and I feel that the season pass model actually is a lot more you know friendly toward toward the customer, you know, because it doesn't have all these weird extra undertones. And because I think people's behavior is also cyclical, right? Like, especially when it comes to entertainment products, like you, you will be maybe like watching more movies or playing more games in the winter or Mm -hmm. during a global pandemic, you know, just those like routine sorts of things that just kind of pop up throughout, Mm -hmm. throughout your life. Right. Um, And so being able to kind of like opt out and opt back in without it being super annoying uh, is, is great. But Anyways, but for something like like a game maker, you know, if you're working on it all the time, um, I, I think it's a I think it's a good thing. And if you're if you're not just publishing all the time, then just build your entire game for free, and then yeah, pay subscribe, subscribe, yeah, subscribe when it when yeah when your launch window approaches. Yeah. you know, uh, do yeah. If you want to if you want to not contribute to the health of the game maker ecosystem, you still can. There's ways to do that. <laughs> yeah, there's ways to do that. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's the thing that drives, just drives me wild. Like, you know, being people who build software, um, that that idea that like somebody has a thing now that they have, they have bought, right? And that, and now they're just like, okay, well, this now comes with just like infinite free customer support, just forever free debugging. This is now has to be guaranteed to work with all of my devices, and like no matter, no matter how weird my configuration is, like there's all these, you know, yeah, there's all these things that go along with that. Where it's not, of course, that the person selling you the thing like w- once wants it to not work for most people or anything like that, right? Like they want it to work. And, but just the amount of like long-term cost that goes into this is. Well, yeah. Pe- people is will, huge. people will sort of like throw up in their mouth if they hear that they have to spend like $5 on a piece of software, you know? Yeah. Uh, like on an app or a, or a, you know, even like a, a mobile game, you can like buy it for five bucks or something like it's just absolutely unheard of. And once they do it, the, the, uh, like you said, the number of expectations they have for what they get for that $5 is just astronomical. It's wild. You know? Honestly, and it's, no, like, no, it's like, even, this is like a pumpkin spice latte. 
level of like spending, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and the amount of demands that you're placing on, on, uh, like what you get for that is just my favorite one just is, through the roof is actually reading reviews for free games. Mm-hmm. That's free. Those are the even, those are the bigger demands. Even. Yeah. Free players who make a comment along the lines of, uh, like the game is no longer supported. Mm-hmm. You know, stay away from it. And I'm like, Supported by who, buddy? Like you didn't and pay your what? five dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You didn't. Well, that's, I mean, that's true. Like, anything that doesn't have a long, yeah. I mean, anything that doesn't have a like long term service contract or a subscription or something like that. Because because like, Levelhead's a good example, right? Yeah, Levelhead. You you buy it once if you even did, because depending on where how you got it, like it could be basically free, right? And and then there's now like there's this online ecosystem where you can share your levels with people and you could do all this cool stuff, right? And you know we got to keep that stuff alive for the player base. But like, what does it mean for us to continue supporting that, mm-hmm. right? What are forever? Yeah, forever, right? When the the so the player base who's still there like isn't still paying us to support it, right? The well, some of that, them, some of them are via podcast donations, yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, via an alternate uh, revenue stream, right? Sort of incidentally, but but, yeah, so but of course add, that's but that's also our own. You know, we made our own bed there, right? Like yeah. we didn't we didn't develop the game in a way that was supposed to have some kind of recurring. But also, we we you know we modeled it after in terms of the monetization. You know, we modeled it after the popular game of its genre. You know, Mario Maker mm-hmm. in terms of. Yep. Because um, I, th- I think we wouldn't have been able to get away with that, like, oh, like no, trying to com- trying to compete with with a game like Mario Maker, and also using a monetization system that would require players to you know pay into it over time. People would have just flipped their lids. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah so, we can't do it. Uh, yeah, so then we're left in this weird spot where it's like, because of course, again, we want our games to work, right? We love that people love them and want more stuff, um, but it doesn't make business sense for us to do that right because we got we got to buy m&ms oreos kit kats well it's like it's that for a for I a mean, pay up front game all of the revenue appears in the first few months basically right and then it just yeah. and then it just dries up you can get a lot of m&ms in the first few months a lot mm-hmm. but, but after that not that many it's got to last <laughs> it's got to last it's got to last years right and so so now you're on that treadmill of being like okay well you know, we're not because unless you have these mechanisms, because you've made a live service game, and, it, and it's because it also it can't just be a live service game. It's be a live service game that's very well monetized, yeah, and that is incredibly popular because it doesn't matter even if a hundred percent of your players are are paying a subscription service fee. If there's a hundred players doing it, right? Mm-hmm. If you need to be able to support personnel to be maintaining and adding content and whatever, you need to be making enough money to pay those people, right? Yep. And, and to be clear, we're nowhere near this problem with with Levelhead specifically. But as it relates to the other games well, we talked about, sunsetting in the past, this is usually essentially the same stuff we've yeah. It's just about like Pete's podcast where you're just like, well, yeah, yeah it's, it, it becomes it becomes a cost benefit question. Yeah, every every time every time you got to like do a big update for compatibility or something like yes. that, right? It's always like, is this the one? You know, is this the, <laughs> is this is this the breaking yeah. point where well, we yeah, we right. just can't yeah, do it? Because Talfight and Roid Rage yeah. are two like bottom of the barrel games, right? That just nobody plays. I was actually looking at our numbers on on Google Play for other different reason. I saw them on there, you know, and like our games are doing pretty well, like, like surprisingly for how like far into the tail we are. But not those two. <laughs> <laughs> those two. Just but to be nothing. fair, 
They never did. They never did. That's true. So they're so they're you know being they're standing in their truth. Yep. They're being their true selves. Yeah, Uh, but it's one of those things. It's like the people the people who do play those games. There aren't that many, right? But the people who do just love them. And actually, Quadrups Rampage is a better example because Quadrups Rampage is still played by a fuckload of people, like a lot of people. Um, But it doesn't generate any revenue, right? And so, because it's a free game and it's badly monetized, so so it doesn't make any money, but lots of people play it and like it, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we were to just at some point be like, oh yeah, we're going to pull the plug on this thing, sunset it, whatever, we're going to have now like literally tens of thousands of people who might be pretty bummed. Right. Can we put Quadrus Rampage into play pass? Because it sounds like that would solve the problem for us. Uh, We can. Yeah, we'll make some some phone calls. Theory, except that for play pass, because everything has to be accessible, to just like have right, yeah, and that means all the for free. yeah, all the IEPs are just now things like you have to just be able to like you just have to be, allow players to go and just like buy whatever they want, which is fine. Except like the way that we monetized it was to break the game when you purchase things. But like, what if we them. removed all the IAPs? That is the move. If like and if we wanted to actually keep playing, that's actually true. Yeah, yeah. The, but the only winning move to make money is to remove all of your in-app purchases. We could, re- <laughs> we could re-release it as Quadrupus. Rampage. Slampage. Plus. Or whatever. Two. Right? Mm-hmm. Where it's a premium title now, by which we mean we put it into subscription services and make no money off of it in the regular services because you can't sell some, you know, premium titles there. Um, but that's the that's the hook, right? It's like That sounds good. And then we can also uh we can increase it up to maybe even thirty-five FPS up from thirty. Ooh, yeah, that'd be good. Well, we can yep. really push into new technologies. You know, there with that. Yeah, don't we don't want to go too wild with it. Not nothing like forty. No. Nah. Uh, so, anyways, all right. Let's go on to the next question. This question comes from Mimabip Gorky, who says, "What do you guys think is the maximum amount of hours you can work a day while still living a balanced life and not eventually burning out?" Depends on your brain and what you're doing in both life and at work. And your commute. Yes. It depends yeah. on that. That's part of your work and life, I guess, at that point. No, it's just that weird dead space in between those two. That's true. Yeah, your <laughs> liminal space. Yeah, your liminal space you slip if into. You, yeah. If you commute for two hours a day, then you actually just have a 22-hour day. Yep. You know? Well, people, are always like, people are always like, you can't get more hours in a day. You can, though, actually. By working for by, you quick commute. By not commuting. Yep. Yeah. But, but, Wait, it's, yeah. but, it's, but it's, like, it's, a, it's a problem, though, because all time – the cost of all time is not equal, and the cost of time on other time is also not equal because a a commute in my like my own experience commuting is because now it's a combo of things, right? Is so you have to get up at the right time, so you're constantly thinking about when the, your commute has to start, right? So your your whole morning is organized around when you need to get out the door and then make that commute, which itself is oriented around. What does traffic look like? How far away is this thing? What time of the year is it? Like, what's the weather conditions? All this kind of stuff, right? So from the moment you wake up, you're now worried about commuting to work. Then at the end of the day, as the day is winding down, you're like, oh, fuck, I have to drive home. So then like, depending on what's going on, you have to check check the roads, see if things going on, like see if there's been any accidents, whatever. And so like now, and as the end of day starts to come in, like now you're thinking about driving home again, right? So the cost of the commute is not the hour you're driving on both sides. It's literally the whole fucking morning, mm-hmm. and then and evening, and then yeah, you're evening because your evening. A lot of what you're recovering from is like the frustration of having driven home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's how you cap off your workday, which for a lot of people is a frustrating experience too, right? So if you have a frustrating experience at work, and you're like, oh, thank God I can go home, but I'll be there in an hour, you know, after I've been frustrated again. In traffic, yep. In traffic, right? So, yeah. Well, and also think about, think about too, like when we were in school, our school day started at 7.55 a.m. And it ended at 3.15 p.m. In high school. Uh, so what is that? So that's about seven hours, right? Let's eight. It's basically eight to eight okay, to yeah. three. Okay, right? sure. So about about seven and a half hours, and then we had we had right? twenty minutes for lunch, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which was, in, yeah. which in, which included the time waiting and like getting to the cafeteria, waiting in line to get your food, eat it, and then get back to your class. That was twenty minutes. So we literally had to learn how to eat food in like under five minutes, eating a whole meal in under five minutes. Which unfortunately, I think we all still roughly have that yeah. habit. It's hard to eat uh, slow. Yeah, uh, but I think the rationale at the time is like, well, you know, these kids like if we had them from you know for like eight hours or nine hours or whatever, like they would just be miserable and they just wouldn't listen. And they, you know, it's like that also applies to adults. Actually, I'm not sure they care. I think they were making room for football after school. I think that was the, they were like, we have to eventually send these kids home. We can't have them forever to, you know, to be, you know, free laborers in this community, uh, you know, sporting event. And so, so because we need to send them home, then we have to start at the end of football practice time-wise and work our way back to get as many hours into football right. practice as we can, and then that's the end of the school day. Yeah, but I mean, but I, I do think that because also we did what did we do? We did six uh, class periods in the day. They were about an hour each, you know. And then there was a little like break in between each one, and and then um, even you know in middle school we would have our couple of recess periods. You oh, know, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like. It's it's weird that we think that like once somebody turns eighteen, they're just like totally cool with suddenly having to sit there for way longer, move around a lot less, have to do a lot less diverse things, right? Like if you're if you're working in a in like a, a, a job at a larger company, you're often specializing in one specific domain of that company and you're you're processing a lot of the same kind of stuff day in and day out, you know? Uh so yeah, because like, school changes by you know quarter or semester, trimester, whatever the system is. Um, it changes by yeah. that, changes by year, and then changes also by hour, right? So it's mm-hmm. this extremely dynamic thing. And we're yeah, like there's always classes that you hate and teachers that suck and all these different components, right? But uh, but you're just constantly cycling in and out of of different things. But think about the difference in incentives, though, because if you're in school as a teenager or whatever. Uh, you don't really want to to be there, but also you're not being paid to be there, you know. And nobody actually benefits from you being there. You're being right? paid in exposure bucks, in the sense of like, if you're there, then in the future you can be successful. It's right. Like you're, a, it's like a sort way. of a long term investment, which of course, as like a 16 year old, you're like, yeah, I know all about long term stuff. I'm yeah. all about that. Right. Mm-hmm. I've been alive uh, but, for 16 whole years. And so, so schools are trying to play that game of saying like, okay, what is sort of like. Because we want them to be here as much as we as we can get them here, but also we don't want them to be here so long that they just absolutely hate it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's I don't but, know, that's that's putting a lot of design intent on the school structure, which I am not sure that I buy. But yeah, it could be because I think it's all but, oriented around the the parents' work days, right? I don't know because if that was the case, it wouldn't end at three. Well, no, it does right. though because of all the after school activities. Because no, that's fair. Because because kids are expected to have. 
these you know team-based basically hobbies through the school system. Right. So if parents are working nine to five and it's like, let the, mm-hmm. let the kids school, they start at eight and then yep. they go to football or whatever. And then they're done at like five 30. Yep, Cause then, then parents you know. have plenty of time for their, for the rest of their commute. Right. Or to like get their kids out the door to get on the bus while they go start their one hour commute to get to the, to get to the office. And then yeah, they have so an hour to get back, you know, to pick them up or to see them once the kids get home off of the bus at 6 PM or whatever. That's when you get back from your one hour commute, you know? So it's yeah, all, but, but yeah, I would, I would advocate for the idea that like the typical work week is 40 hours, which is a compromise, right? Because it used to be a lot longer. Unions came together. There was a lot of back and forth. And 40 is kind of like where it landed, where companies want to generally work people as much as they can uh, because it's expensive to have more people and it's, it's expensive to train people and all of that, right? And the less, so, the less uh, easily measurable your uh, job and your output is also the higher the temptation to – strictly use number of hours as the mechanism to judge whether or not you're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. sort of a – people use it as a fail-safe metric to be like, well, you're at least working your 40 hours or whatever, right? Because your output's all variable all over the place because you're dealing with a bunch of variable problems and stuff. Yeah. So I would expect that – like Adam said, it's, it's different for everybody. Where we've actually landed is just seven hours a day instead of eight. For the defined um, work day, yep. Yeah, which comes down to seven times thirty-five. 35. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the math? Well, I mean, the idea um, was we just we like kind of looked once we decided to re- redo things and have the flexible scheduling, um, which we, we talked about back in like January or something in some of those podcasts. But um, when we decided to do that, we looked back at what our schedule like because then we were like, okay, what does it mean of a flexible day, right? Because that means we have to actually know how many hours, like literally, somebody's supposed to be there. So they, if they make a plan, they know that nobody's going to be upset. Right. Which also meant we had to actually go harder into the idea that it's about we're basically buying people's time, like in a mm-hmm. very explicit Which sense. I think is a fair way to frame it. I think it's yeah. the only like it's the only yeah. way I think is to Sam's point. Cause like yeah. it's otherwise it's you can't articulate even what it is you're getting from somebody. And so so for us we basically said like what what we saw looking back for the prior year basically, or almost a year of, of working from home, was that basically everybody was like more or less working an eight hour day with a roughly one hour lunch break in there. Um, yep. And we were like, that's has seemed good. So let's just do that. Right. Yep. And that's also how, I don't know. Cause the idea is like, you know, now since we're all at home, I don't know, everything is just kind of a little different and you can now organize things around that kind of stuff. And so to the, to this question of like, what's the amount of hours. So if you take like my situation, which is I have ADHD for a while, I was depressed I'm working from home. The sun coming up in St. Louis, you know, during the summer and when it goes down is very different than the winter when it comes up and goes down, which impacts both how awake I can be and what my mood is, right? Therefore, my ability to concentrate and so on. And then my wife's also working from home and she also has ADHD, right? Then we have cats in the house that I have to take care of and, and deal with, right? And they have a schedule where in the morning they need to eat and fight each other and they need to eat and fight each other, right? So like – so everything, you know, so, so now there's all this stuff going on and then people have kids, you know, now they have to deal with school and all these other things too. And so, so a whole bunch of the stuff around you is stuff that you don't get to control, really almost any of it. Right. And what well, you kind of, you kind of get to decide it in advance, but once it's happening, well, you don't some of it, to control it. I that much. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> some, really. some of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because you well, also. When it comes to like, like having pets or kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. But like if, you have, like, like if you get a cat and then, you know, six months later you get depressed for some reason, right? It's like. Yeah. That's something you didn't right? Yeah. You didn't play for sure. that. And you also don't know yeah. what it means. Like if you are going to have a kid, get a pet, whatever, like mm-hmm. you don't know what that actually means in terms of the impact on your life. Right. So I don't, yep. yeah, I don't, yeah, you can't plan for what that's going to look like. Right. And so you're constantly basically adjusting to what you can or what you can't control or think you can't because there's a distinction there that's hard to you know, realize. Yeah. Um, and then – and that's really where the, the things come in. It's basically the extent to which you can't control stuff and what that means for you with your specific cir- circumstance and brain is really what dictates like what it means to have some number of work hours. Because like when I was in the lowest part of my depression, not knowing I had ADHD, it not getting treated – it being in the middle of the winter and then dealing with these cats that, that couldn't get along that I had to constantly wrangle and deal with. Right. Like the amount of time I had available in my brain to like do good work without getting burnt out was like three hours a day. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, now with like where I'm at, like now we've got, I've been vaccinated so I can like go outside a little bit, you know, we got, i being treated for my depression and my ADHD, right? So like now, like it just, everything has changed. And now it's the middle of summer, which is very hot. And that part is horrible, but the sun, you know, <laughs> is really good for, it's good for defeating seasonal affect disorder, which is probably what gave me depression. And so, so the net effect now is like, I can just sit down and hyper-focus for like fucking nine hours straight. Right. And in fact, it's not, doesn't burn me out. That's what gives me like life to the, like, mm-hmm enjoy the rest of my time that I'm not doing that. So the answer is just, I don't it know. Depends. It depends. Yeah. Yeah. This is why the not being able to work from home where you can control more things and not being able to have a flexible schedule and having to work a very specific number of hours that somebody hasn't fully thought through. Like how does that number of hours, like as in like a, you know, the person running the company making those decisions, how does that number of hours like look actually, what does it mean for somebody to put in that time? Because the other thing that we know is that the more you're able to kind of adapt everything together, which is really what, to me, what life work-life balance is, is it's not about time. It's about controlling how things interact. It's an integrated approach. It's an integrated approach. Um, And that's what allows you to actually have that all work, right? But but yeah, but if somebody just decides, oh yeah, your work week is 40 hours of being in the office. That's the job. You must commute. Also, our office is in downtown San Francisco. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you're going to commute here, you can't also live here because it is unaffordable. So now here's your two-hour commute or whatever, right? Like if that's the decision that's that's coming down on you, then somebody is forcing upon you to have your entire life be work, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And with that, like I don't know, I don't, I don't know how you could, but I, I can work the same amount though from home in my office, petting my cat sitting next to me, right? And feel fucking great. <laughs> so yes, yeah, like you said, it's not about the time; it's about everything. It's about everything. So I don't know. Yeah, there, there have been yeah there have been times where I've been totally pumped uh, and content and very fulfilled working twelve hours a day. Yeah, and there mm-hmm. and there have been times where I've been burned out and barely able to squeeze out four hours of good work in a day. Yep, mm-hmm. you know, and that uh, could be within the same self, week. Yeah, and these things self perpetuate yeah. too. And maybe like the first one led to the second. I don't know. <laughs> yep. um, and, and like these things also self perpetuate, um, where as you get as you get more burned out, you have a tendency to also uh, lose a grip on things that keep you healthy and keep you mentally healthy. Um, your sleep gets messed up. Your exercise is always the first thing to go. 
right? Because it's hard and you get sweaty. Like that has its own level of sort of like stuff you've got to do to to deal with. Uh, yeah, because you've got to like plan it and there's like a ramp up and a cool down. And if you go to a gym, you've got to commute there too, you know? And so like that's always the easiest thing for people to cut time-wise, um, which then spirals out into other things, right? Um, so, you know, we've all been there. Uh, so I don't know. You just gotta would do whatever you can to try to try to maintain control of that mm -hmm. integration and how everything is how everything is influencing everything else, and yeah. try to do what's best and, for yourself. And remember, most things are negative feedback loops, right? This is this is what it means to be a person. It's almost everything that happens. Like if you if something starts to slip, then the whole thing is like, oh, I guess it's time just to keep going, right? But like it doesn't keep going in the good way ever for some fucking reason. It's always like. <laughs> It's always the negative. I like, don't think that's true. I think I think it's just that because of the hedonic treadmill, you just don't notice that things are getting better in tandem, right? It's like so we I mean, talk how about is that different though? But that's the point, right? Because like because the idea of the negative feedback loop is it's a self perpetuating thing because it it keeps making it worse, right? The hedonic treadmill is the exact thing that even if you do enjoy something that is is getting better, that you actually can't even tell that that's happening, which means it can't create a positive feedback loop, right? It's just. Well, but I also think that's why it's so hard to notice that there's a negative feedback loop because the hedonic treadmill works both ways, right? Yeah. You, you kind of you kind of adapt to whatever is your current normal, right? And so if you generally kind of feel like garbage, right, and then you feel like extra garbage for a day, you know, you don't really recognize the absolute value of how of garbage. bad that's you true. feel. Mm -hmm. uh, you're just like, well, I feel like just real, real bad today. You know, uh, well, this you, don't, you don't always think to yourself, like, I just always feel roughly super, super, super bad. You, you definitely will. You definitely will identify that you generally don't feel good. Right. Um, but it's hard to really peg where it lands. My favorite, know? my favorite like little bit from this is basically that when we were looking at all the, re all the research on total number of hours worked, productivity, blah, 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 that the, there was this finding from uh, one of the studies I think they did in in Switzerland or something, where the difference between someone who is very satisfied with their life and someone who is unsatisfied uh, on average as far as work hours was just one hour. Yeah. A and week what I mean, per day. Like, per day. Hmm. And, and it, was, it was basically the switch between like, I think it was something like roughly eight to roughly nine, right? And I think it's, this is what we're basically keying in on here, which is that there's a lot of critical elements that – that it, where it seems like you wouldn't be able to fit all of them in, but usually it's because there's there's just one or two things that are overstaying their welcome or causing a little bit of extra stress. And the reality is that that stress is not in any way isolated in its impact. And we've talked about this with regards to DevOps all the time. So like, you know, adjusting the art so I don't have to do uh, manual exporting of stuff seemed like it would double the speed given how much time I was doing with it, but it tripled it, right? It's the same thing with this yep. time budget. Well, yeah, it's the same idea as the as a commute, right? Which is, it's not yeah. just the cost of the activity, it's all the stuff about it leading up to the task tracking, the whole thing. Yeah, the reality is that oftentimes moving moving just one of these pieces around uh, has one of those just tremendous, like almost, almost like exponentially good or bad changes to your overall lifestyle, which is why it's usually surprising when you do these things. You're like, what? You know? Like you do a little bit of uh, physical therapy for your back finally after a while or something like that. And then suddenly like five other things fall into place that you've been trying desperately to, to manage for a long time. You're like, what? How is that? Because yeah. it's all and the thing the is like 
they're all going to fly off the rails again at some point later. Yeah, you well, know, that's just because being a person. It, yeah, it's just being a everything's cyclical. You yeah. Know? Well, but, yeah, I think um, that actually that's important. That's an important thing to remember, right? Is that is that we're constantly judging ourselves and and unfortunately often each other on the stuff that literally everybody does because that's what being a person is and being on a hedonic treadmill is and like adapting to your circumstances, right? Which is since so many things are negative feedback loops, then the natural state is for you to stop doing things, right? Yeah. No matter how good they are for you or that even if you enjoy them, right? That's actually the natural kind of thing that's going to happen when you're trying to balance a lot of stuff. And and that's okay because the problem with thinking that it's not okay is that now you're being like, I'm the exception to this rule, right? Because everybody's telling everybody else that we're all supposed to be the exception to the rule that actually applies to all of us, right? So So then if you do that, then now you start to feel – you just add another negative feedback loop because now you start to feel bad about doing the thing and then now – Don't feel bad about feeling do. bad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. People pull that shit where they, go, where they go, how did you let it get this bad? And it's like very easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't hard at all to let yeah. things get it's this really, bad yeah, because it's, it's like just day, easy. Yeah, day by day, like one little step and like everything compounds on each other mm-hmm. and like boom, you're in a really bad spot. You know, mm-hmm. it's just uh, what happens. It happens a lot faster than you realize. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's, so it's okay if you know every year around New Year's, you're like, this year I'm going to fucking do it, right? And then yeah. you do all the things you always say you're going to do. And then a month later, you just have stopped doing all those things, right? So yeah, like it would be great for you and your and your mental well being and like all those kinds of things if you if you manage to keep doing it, right? But you're a person, you know. It just at some point you didn't. That's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, just start again at some point, right? Mm-hmm. That's fine. Just get back Let's on just, the horse. Just get back on that horse. Totally fine. Well, I think that's probably a good spot to end it for the week, I think. Mm-hmm. A little, little yeah. uplifting note there. You can do it. Go out there and get them. Yeah. Get and, then, <laughs> and then when you stop doing it, that's okay. Just do it again. Yeah, that's fine too. Yeah, you know, take point. a break. Take a little breather. Take a step back. And then go ride a horse or whatever mm-hmm. you guys were saying. Careful. Those are dangerous. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Careful on horses. Uh, all right. Well, we would like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net. We have links to the community Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.